0: Welcome to Kohelet, a podcast brought to you by the elders of Maricopa Springs Family Church. My name's John Wilberger, and in this podcast, our goal is to bring you teachings from the Bible on Christian theology. This week, we're looking at part two of chapter 11 of Systematic Theology by Dr. Wayne Grudem. So let's get started. And let's get started with a recap from last time. So this chapter, again, is on uh, chapter 11, the incommunicable attributes of God. Last time, we started the discussion on God's character with some of his different attributes and also some of the different names of God in Scripture. And then we went through a couple of his incommunicable attributes as we've defined them. Uh, independence, and unchangeableness. Now for a quick refresher on incommunicable attributes versus communicable attributes. Remember, incommunicable attributes are attributes that God does not share with us. And communicable attributes are attributes and characteristics that God does share or we have in common to a point with God. And again, I will emphasize that this does not mean that God's incommunicable attributes are wholly and completely not shared in any way, shape, or form with us, uh, as well as his communicable attributes are shared in some form, but not fully. What I mean by that is for his incommunicable attributes, for an example, one of the ones that we'll talk about Today is his eternal nature, eternity. Um, God does not share with us. We do not have in common with God an eternal nature. However, our spirit in Christ will live with God forever. So there is an aspect of commonality. However, we don't fully realize eternity the same way that God does. And then for some of his communicable Attributes. Again, we'll talk about those in future episodes. But for a communicable attribute such as love, God is fully, perfectly, completely love. His love is 100% perfect. We as humans have the capability to love, we can show love, we can have love for different people, for God, but it won't ever be at the same level as God's perfect love. So that is the difference between incommunicable and communicable attributes of God. So to carry on from our last episode, we're going to jump into another incommunicable attribute of God, and that is his eternal nature, or eternity. So going with the pattern that Dr. Grudem has done earlier, where he makes a statement about an attribute of God and then a qualifier, Dr. Grudem's statement for eternity is, God has no beginning, end, or succession of moments in his own being, and he sees all time equally vividly. Yet God sees events in time. And he acts in time. So this attribute, it's focused on God not being limited or bound by time. And this also correlates to his unchangeableness. Uh, so this is actually a really interesting uh Train of thought to follow. Because if God does not change, we talked about that last week about his unchangeableness. If God does not change, then time does not change God. But for that to be true, that time does not change God, then time can have no effect on God's knowledge, because that would be a change in God. If God gained knowledge, that would be a change. So if time has no effect on God's knowledge, then God never learns anything new and has forever had perfect knowledge. So there's nothing that happens that God didn't know about or knew would happen, nor is there anything that Has happened that God wasn't fully aware of happening. So God is timeless in his own being and there's some scripture that I think will make that a little bit more clear. First we'll go to Psalm 90 and in verse 2 it says, Before the mountains were brought forth, or ever you had formed the earth and the world, From everlasting to everlasting, you are God. Another great example of this uh, idea that we're talking about, God's eternal nature, his eternity, uh, is both mentioned by God to Moses, but also in the New Testament, Jesus in John 8 verse 58 says, Jesus says, before Abraham was, I am. So if you're like me, the very first time you read that uh, or you heard that, it was a little bit confusing. The The way of speaking was a little different than maybe what we're used to, right? Saying I am as opposed to something like I was or I already had been. Um, But that's not what God says. That's not what scripture says God says. Uh, He says, I am. And this is not just that he was already alive, right? Like if I said that, if I was talking about when my daughter was born, and I said, I was there, right? I wouldn't have said, when you were born, I am there. No, I was there. But God doesn't say it that way. So he doesn't say this as if he was already alive. But the Use of I am implies a presentness of Jesus throughout time, and a presentness of God throughout time. So take a moment to take that in and think about that, that it's not just that God was at every place, but God is pre- has a present nature throughout time. So how could that be? Well, I think one of the things that's important to recognize foundational knowledge for this and foundational understanding, a foundational viewpoint, is to recognize that God created time. So Genesis starts in the beginning. In the beginning is the start of time, but time and space and matter must all be present together. It's, It's the study of physics shows us this. So God was there before time so because God is before time God always was does that follow think think through that if if God created time then before time began there there was no before time began the 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 word before is qualified by the presence of time so at the beginning of time and I know that this is very high level and and heady, but in order to use the word before, before requires the concept of time, and God was there when there was no time. So God always was, because there couldn't be a beginning to God before time, because there's no such thing as a beginning or before when it comes to before the moment that time is created. It also means that God can't be imprisoned by time. And what I mean by that is God can't be encapsulated by something he created. God is boundless. God cannot create time and then be subject to it. It's just an impossibility. So he cannot create something that then holds dominion over him. And I know that that is again, a very complicated and deep thought, and it's not something we have a whole lot of time in the podcast to go through. But if you have more questions, please don't hesitate to reach out and ask and have conversations with us, but we can talk more about it. Um, But let's, let's move on to where scripture speaks of events that are before time. So Jude 25 says, to the only God, our Savior, through Jesus Christ our Lord, be glory, majesty, dominion, and authority before all time and now and forever. Before all time and now and forever. So God has dominion eternally. Paul. In 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 19, he talks about the grace that God, quote, gave us in Christ Jesus before the ages began. So God, Jesus, is timeless in his own being. Another aspect of this is that God sees all time equally vividly. So we see that fleshed out a bit in Psalm 90, again, a couple verses later than what we read earlier. Verse 4, for a thousand years in your sight are but as yesterday when it is past, or as a watch in the night. So for us as humans, our memory isn't that great. Uh, we get forget things from years, or months, or weeks, or for me after having kids, even days in the past. But God remembers things so vividly, it's as if they just happened. And there's been no fading with the passing of time. So God doesn't forget. God sees all time equally vividly. And God is present in all time. But another thing that's important to recognize is that, again, God sees events in time. So God sees events as they are happening, and he acts in those times also. We say that with his miracles, with the way that he uh, led the Israelites, the way that he handled different wars and different events in the Old Testament. God acts in time. And then another aspect that shows the incommunicable portion of this attribute when it comes to us is that although, again, as I mentioned earlier, we will live forever in heaven with God, um, we will always exist in time. We are not outside of the dominion of time. We were not created outside the dominion of time. That's why scripture says that we will live forever with him. So let's move on to the next incommunicable attribute that is omnipresence, omnipresence. Uh, omni is Latin, which means all, and presence is God is present everywhere. So Grudem's breakdown of omnipresence is God does not have size or spatial dimensions and is present at every point of space with his whole being, yet God acts differently in different places. So God is Lord of space because he created it and he is not limited. By it. We mentioned that earlier in eternity where God created time, so He's not limited by time. God also created space, and He is not limited by physical dimensions of space. God is present everywhere. If we look at Jeremiah chapter 23, verses 23 through 24, it says, Am I a God at hand? declares the Lord. And not a God far away? Can a man hide himself in secret places so that I cannot see him? declares the Lord. Do I not fill heaven and earth? declares the Lord. One thing you can pull from the scripture is that our words and our thoughts they cannot be hidden from God. There are no secret places where we can go and he cannot see because he is everywhere. He fills heaven and earth. Psalm 137, verses seven through 10, David says it this way. Where shall I go from your spirit? Or where shall I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in Sheol, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me and your right hand shall hold me." It's just, I think that's just beautiful language that David puts in that psalm. And there's nothing that indicates that only a part of God is in one place and another part is in another. There's nothing in scripture that indicates that. What scripture indicates is that God himself is wholly present everywhere. And I know, again, in our finite human minds, with our finite view and what we can understand, that is really difficult to wrap our minds around. But Something for us to remember is that God does not have spatial dimensions. He can't be measured. His physical size cannot be measured because God cannot be contained by any space. Again, God created space. God created existence. So he cannot be defined by it. He cannot be held in dominion by it. God cannot be contained by any space. 1st Kings chapter 8 verse 27 says but will God indeed dwell on the earth behold heaven and the highest heaven cannot contain you how much less this house that i have built even the universe in its consistent expanding as science, scientists try to measure the immeasurable Size of the universe, even the universe in its grandeur has no chance of containing God. God cannot be contained by any space. And this should encourage us this aspect of God's omnipresence, his inability to be contained by space, the fact that God is everywhere in whole being, always. This should encourage us to commune with God wherever we are. Be with God, be in his presence wherever you are. He hears our prayers and is just as close to us as much in our closets at home, as in our prayer meetings at church, or wherever you may go. And it's important to know that God exists in a far different way than we could ever understand. So him being everywhere does not mean uh, that God is in everything, but that God is present everywhere in his creation. So God is present everywhere in his creation, but he is also distinct from his creation. So creation is not God. Okay, uh, that's an ancient heresy. um, I guess not so ancient because some people still think that. uh, But that is uh, God, creation is not God. God is distinct from creation, but he is everywhere in his creation. So for the final incommunicable attribute of God, we're going to talk about God's unity. And it's important that we talk about God's unity, and and what we mean by God's unity is not necessarily the trinity, uh, that will be a topic that we'll talk about later, the idea of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, uh, all being one God in distinct, three distinct persons. Uh, this unity is a different unity. The d- unity we're going to talk about here is unity of his attributes. And Grudem's way of putting this together, his sentence for this, is that God is not divided into parts. Yet we see different attributes of God emphasized at different times. So God is not divided into parts, as in God is partly love and partly justice and partly merciful. He's not divided into parts. Yet we see different attributes of God emphasized. At different times. So each attribute characterizes the whole being of God. Scripture, scripture never singles out one attribute of God as more important than the rest. Okay, the, the assumption is that every attribute is completely true of God and is true of all God's character. Every attribute is completely true of God, and is true of all God's character. God is not a collection of attributes added together, nor are God's attributes an external part of God's real being, so there's God and God then has an attribute externally that he shows as mercy, or he shows as love, or he shows as justice. No. We must remember that God's whole being includes all of his attributes. God's whole being includes all of his attributes. God is entirely loving while also being entirely merciful, while also being entirely just, and so on and so on. You see the, the pattern here. The other really important thing to mention, and we talked about God's unchangeableness last time and his eternity earlier in this episode, but it's important to recognize that God is always the same God. God is always the same God. And what do I mean by that? It means we should never think of God as being, for instance, a God of justice in the Old Testament, and then a God of love in the New Testament. That is an incorrect, wrong way of thinking about God. God does not change. God has always been completely loving and completely just. He is always infinitely loving and infinitely just. He was infinitely loving in the Old Testament. He is infinitely loving from the New Testament on intimate, infinitely just from the New Testament on. God has always been the same God. Now some actions of God show certain attributes more For instance, his power and wisdom come through more powerfully in the creation story. His love and his justice comes through more powerfully in the atonement. But his attributes, all of his attributes, the whole collection of his attributes are found in all acts of redemption all of them. And for a final point, I think it's important that we we recognize and we we've mentioned that no one attribute of God is more important than another. So some at uh some people have at various points attempted to single out different attributes of God such as his love, holiness, mercy, or justice as being most important. You see that I think in present culture or just culture in general, uh, not just present but even near past where people will focus on like his love is very important and yeah, God is just, but he would sacrifice his justice to show love. No, that's not true. Uh, No single attribute is more important than any other attribute and never has been because that would mean that God is, is less of one attribute than the other or inconsistent with his attributes he he sacrifices justice to show mercy or to show love and that's that just isn't true and that's a really important thing to remember when you see uh, people say something or you you get hit with something where somebody disagrees with you and they say my God wouldn't do this God would show love and he would, uh, say, ignore that part of scripture, ignore that that justice that should happen because God is love. That's, that's not true. And you can show that in that God doesn't change. He has unity in his attributes. Every portion or every single attribute makes up holy God. So it's really important to remember that. And then just to end the incommunicable section of this. I want to quote what what Grudem put specifically because I think he wrapped this section up uh, so well when he said, and I quote, it is God himself in his whole being who is supremely important. And it is God himself in his whole being whom we are to seek to know and to love. So that wraps up chapter 11. Thank you for going with me on this journey through multiple episodes. I know it was a lot. And again, I would encourage you that if you have questions or concerns, uh, if you need prayer, anything, please don't hesitate to reach out to any of us on the Elder team. We would love to chat with you. Uh, Send us your questions if you want us to dive deeply more into an area. Uh, Otherwise, thank you so much and have a blessed day.